Uh, good morning. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community, and we're compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves the greater community. Amen? Amen. I was noticing um, that we are keeping up the casual part during worship. I was looking up. Every, everybody on stage had jeans on, and I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. All right. Let's keep up on the compelling ourselves and others to Christ part by getting into our passage this morning. We're continuing our series in the book of Hosea. Um, we're chapter four this morning. And um, quite honestly, I, I, I was a little excited this week. It might come out. I'll try to keep myself a little contained, uh, but very excited about the passage this week. All right. And apparently... Um, you guys get uh, a little glimpse into behind the curtain because some of my extra notes on my passage, like things that I underline in bold, has apparently been transfigured onto the screen. So you're getting some of the stuff. So you're, you're cheating this morning. Congratulations. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that, but you know, here we'll keep going. Uh, let's pray, and then um, and then we'll jump right in. Lord, thanks for this morning, and thanks for your word. Uh, thanks for the reality that we can, like the Hollenbecks, follow you, learn from you, be blessed by you, and then bless other people. And I pray, Lord, that we see this morning that it comes from you, it comes from your word, it comes from obedience. And may this passage guide us closer to you and closer to who you want us to be. So bless our time uh, in your word, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, here, what's underlined there? The word. The word. You know, this might work out pretty well, because I can, I can have no, new descriptors to use to get your attention, right? What's underlined? The word. Hear the word of the Lord. What's being said there? What's being said is God has something to say. Now, he's saying something again or something new. Um, I, I think that we, um, we get stuck as Christians in this idea that, well, we have God's word and we have the Ten Commandments. We've got this Bible and, well, we have everything we need right here. It was written down and God has said great. He has said everything? Kind of, yeah. The next question should be, what is he saying? Because in spite of what they've heard before, here he shows up and says, hey, I have more to say. That's a fun one. Uh, because rather than just being bound by what was said in the past and what I can read in a book, maybe he's moving forward. Maybe he's alive and well not done yet. Uh, maybe he wants you to go and get involved in a mission organization down in, I don't know, somewhere in the Ensenada, Mexico area, right? And help out. Maybe you've never done something like that. Maybe you're thinking about going into a relationship or ending a relationship or whatever it is. God has something to say about that. God continues to speak, all right? That's a fill-in without being a fill-in this morning, right? God continues to speak. Hear the word of the Lord, and we're going to come back to that one. Obviously, you know that probably because it's underlined. 
So it's a trigger for something else we're going to get back to because it's going to be said again in a different way. And I'm going to make you fill in something at the end about it. All right. So hear the word of the Lord as opposed to the word of someone else, uh, namely yourself. O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Ooh, who's upset? I mean, that's a really fancy way of saying God's mad, right? I have a problem with you. There is no, what's bolded? There's no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. Wow. He says, you're disobedient, or you don't believe, or you've turned, or you're chasing your own things. Uh, by the way, steadfast love, that's this great Old Testament word, kesed, and it's almost impossible to translate into English because the range of meaning and the depth of meaning is too much for any one English word or any one set of English words. So the best they've come up with is steadfast love. And pretty much anywhere in the Old Testament you see steadfast love. It's most likely, if you look up on one of your online Bible translation programs, which are fun and you should tinker with that, way better than most of the things you find on the internet, amen? <laughs> um, you're going to find that word, kased. Um the idea of constant, ongoing, heavy love without waver, that's clear, pure. He says, when do you do that? When do you follow me and then do love the way I define it? And then he says, and no knowledge of God. No. No. Let's have a little fun this morning. I'm just going to be a parishioner. I'm just going to come and sit down with you guys and say, oh, let's look at that. Faithfulness, steadfast love, and knowledge. This is what happens when you guys don't come sit in the first two rows. I'll sit in them. Okay? And you people at home, I want to see you soon. Uh, let's look at this. Faithfulness, steadfast love, knowledge of God. Are those just a random pairing of three things? I don't believe in random in scripture, period. That's a longer argument for another day that you'll lose, okay? But I'm going to argue that faithfulness is meant to go first. Why? Why is faithfulness first? I, I know usually I ask preschool questions, kindergarten questions, or ask questions where you can say, Jesus, or read your Bible, Pray, God. Sorry, we're in college now. Inductive reasoning. Think a little bit. There's three things listed. Oh, man, it's starting to sound like Sesame Street, right? Why is faithfulness first? Somebody thinks it's the most important one. I might argue that I agree with them for some reasons, right? I mean, we can always argue for why something's the most important, right? Why is this chair the most important thing in the room? Because I want to sit on it right now, right? There's other reasons why the others might be most important. Tell me why, what's your argument for why faithfulness might be first on purpose and important? What's your relationship between the first one and the second and third? 
end. That's why she leads their missions department. How do you get to two and three if you don't do one? How do you learn steadfast love unless you try to be obedient for a little while? Unless you try to believe in him and say, "Eh, I'll do the experiment. Maybe I will hold off on these things and never do those things. Maybe I will pray from time to time. Maybe I will try to read his word. Maybe I'll do some faithfulness and obedience, some pursuit of him, and then I'll start to learn what chesed is. How do you know God's overwhelming, overarching, never-ending love for you unless you read about it, chase it, get around people that do? The faithfulness comes first on purpose. Why? Because it leads us to steadfast love. And as we exercise what I would call the most important in this equation, because it leads to the other two, that's when we start to learn what love is. And then when we are faithful and start to learn loving, Guess who we get to start understanding? He starts to make sense to us. And here's the problem. We're confrontational, Western civilization humans. I must understand it first. Then I'll decide if I like it. And then after that, I'll decide if I make it a pattern. We do it backwards. And it's one of my things I've learned in scripture is that God, almost every book calls us backwards. I love the word order here, right? And you can tell because of the bolding and the underlining and the blah, blah, blah. By the way, the word is underlined. And then what's the next thing underlined? Knowledge. Ooh, does those, those kind of go together? There's a real basic observation there that's going to keep coming up, and at the end, it's going to smack us in the face. It'll be a light one, though, but it's going to get your attention, okay? Um, There is swearing, verse 2, there's swearing, lying, murder, stealing, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Committing adultery, they break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Wow, let's go back to that one. Remember the exercise we did? I said, I'm going to come sit in the audience and be like you, and we're just going to say which one's most important or why is that order. You know, uh, I'm going to skip to the end of that one on this. For me, worst phrase there. Any guesses? They break all bounds. Because it's all-inclusive. Uh, when you're swearing, are you breaking a bound? Adultery, breaking a bound, murder, stealing, right? When bloodshed follows bloodshed, you know, um, Hebrew does this sometimes. They'll give you a bunch of stuff, descriptors, and then at the end, they'll give you a bunch of stuff that are descriptors, and they put the most important thing smack dab in the middle. It's like a cool way of drawing attention to what you should have seen, but they're going to help you with little hints. Um, Uh, what do you let direct you? What do you let bind you? What voices do you listen to? Um, Here's where you'll for sure get in trouble when you have no more voices you listen to because then you can break any bound. There are no boundaries. You can do whatever you want. And oops, going to stab you in the back now. When you're not listening to any voices, there's one voice you're listening to. Whose is it? 
It's your own. That's the worst voice to listen to, by the way. That's been my experience, okay? Um, how do we get more voices and show us what proper boundaries are, what health looks like, what faithfulness looks like, steadfast looks like, and then how do I know God? Right? Um, we think of boundaries as you're restricting my freedoms, you're punishing, you're um, taking things away. Well, guess what? God gives and takes away. We get that from the book of Job, right? And who said it? Job said it. And then you know what he said? He said, God gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like God's good for taking stuff? Why? Because it gives you limits, and we need limits. Big time. Uh, so bloodshed follows bloodshed. This is meant to be bad. Verse 3. Therefore, the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish. All the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and even the fish of the sea are, oh, there's a little phrase you just heard, taken away. Are, are there consequences for our decisions and our actions? Does it have ramifications on our surroundings, on other people? We have to remember what Debbie does affects Dennis, and what Dennis does affects Debbie. And then we got to figure out how that works, do it to the best of our knowledge, and bam, 40 years happens just like that. Super easy. <laughs> that was sarcasm, right? Um, yet... Let no one contend. Let no one accuse. For with you is my contention, O priest. He says, don't, don't point the finger at anybody and don't try to fight me on this. It's one-on-one -on -one now, God and you. Right? You shall stumble by day. The prophet also shall stumble with you by night and I will destroy your mother. Oh, does he sound angry? You can't make sacrifice anymore. You can't know even where you're going. Uh, you're not going to have an audible voice anymore. I'm taking away your prophet, and I'm taking away your mother. I'm taking away your family. What would you have? This is meant to be an all-encompassing picture of uh, if you want to just go do whatever and break all bounds, this is where it leads. Now, does it say that he's going to take them away? just says, you shall stumble, and the prophet shall stumble. The only one he says he'll take away is the mother, which implies some of it might just be the results of your action, and then some of it might be stuff he does intentionally. How about let's not find out which one it is? How about we avoid that by doing faithfulness or obedience, love, and knowing God? Verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Because you have rejected what? Knowledge. Knowledge. I reject you from being priest to me. So I gave you a job. Follow. Try. Be in relationship with me. And I gave you a bunch of information, right? What was the first underline? We're not going to go back. It was the second and third, the word, right? And then did we underline a couple other things? We got word, knowledge, knowledge. Does this sound like a theme? Right? We're going to figure out where that comes from 
I think I just gave away the answer, or at least implied, hinted at it. Um, so I'm going to reject you from being priest to me. If you don't want to have a relationship, I'll believe you. Your God believes the things you tell him. God, I'm really upset with you right now. Yeah, I believe you. I don't understand what you did there. Yep, I know. I believe you. I don't want to follow you right now, God. Yep, I know that too. You know what's impossible? There's a lot of things that are impossible. One of them is surprise God. I mean, we've tried hide and seek. Jonah. That didn't go so well. <laughs> right? Um, you can't surprise him. So when you tell him something like, you know, I'm going to go do my own thing. He says, I know. And I believe you. I believe you from your actions. I believe you from your words. Uh, scarier part is he can, he knows what's in here and what's in here. And he believes us. So let's chase the relationship. Um, since you have forgotten the law. Man, now we have the word, we have knowledge, we have knowledge, there's understanding. Now we have the law, the law of your God. I also will forget your children. If you're going to run off and do your own thing, guess what your kids are going to do? They'll, they'll be rascals, right? When people don't do what they're supposed to do, we call them rascals in England, apparently. I was just uh, interviewing a new coach, and, and they were talking about that, and, and, and they said, oh, yeah, we call them rascals. Now, they said it with an accent, you know, but it was awesome. Um, we don't want to be rascals, right? God says, you want to walk away from relationship um, with me, it will have an effect to the people around you, and they'll probably follow your lead. Careful where you lead, right? Verse uh, 7, the more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. What you chase will not work. What you think you're going to get will never happen. He said, your efforts will come back with no return, right? Verse 8, the feed, they feed on the sin of my people. They are greedy. So who's important, important and greedy? There's only one person important and greedy. Starts with S, rhymes with elf, right? Self. Um, and it shall be like people, like priests, I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. Now I know there, you might have, I know there was a little temptation to say, oh, well, that's about the priest, Scott. Sounds like you're in trouble, not us. I got a verse for you. And it shall be like people, like priests. Everybody's the same. Right? We're all, we all get in trouble, right? It's just something that's uh, unique. Not, uh, uh, it is a common problem to humans. It's not unique, right? Uh, and so I'm going to repay. I'm going to punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. Because that's how you learn. This is Bummer Sunday. I'm, we started off so well. Good singing, missionaries, and now we're going to get repaid and punished. 
Man, I hope Happy Sunday shows up. Verse 10, here we go. They shall eat but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore but not multiply. That's kind of funny. You're going to have a lot of sex, but you're never going to reproduce, which means you're going to be barren. What you thought you were pursuing for fun is now going to cost you in something way more important, right? Not getting to have sex is one thing. Not getting to have kids when you desperately want them. I'm not sure there's other kinds of pains like that, right? Man, you're getting the color coding too. Man, you guys must be important. I'm switching. I'm not going to let second service see this. Right? This is going to be your first service extra, and we're going to make second service grovel like they do every week. Right? Um, because they've forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom, wine, new wine, which take away the... Ooh, we got another underlined word there. Right? Law, word, understanding, knowledge, over and over again. We have a theme for chapter four. We kind of do. We kind of do. Um, because they have forsaken the Lord, right? And apparently it's possible not to forsake the Lord, right? But to chase him. Uh, verse 12, my people inquire of a piece of wood and their walking staff gives them oracles. <laughs> Folks, this is so much fun. You know, <laughs> you're being mocked or they're being mocked, or, I mean, this is hilarious. What's being said? You look at a piece of wood and think it gives you meaning or something. What's he saying about their idols and their false gods? You're worshiping nothing. Zero return. In fact, termites are going to eat it in a, in a little while. Or the weather's going to tear it apart. And you got a walking staff that you walk with that you're actually using for your walking, but you think it gives you life and meaning and direction and purpose and definition. You're trying to take something out of inanimate objects. What's the irony there? What should be guiding their path and should be giving them real meaning and real definition? God, you're turning to pieces of wood. McFly! knuckleheads chase god not this weird stuff for a spirit of whoredom has led them astray and they have left their god to play the whore okay again with all the hosea and gomer analogies right you, you keep cheating on god they sacrifice on the tops of mountains and burn offerings on the hills now isn't it sound like we're supposed to do i'm pretty sure it's commanded in Scripture, especially in the Pentateuch, the Levitical law, uh, when there's a sin or something like that. Every so often you go up to the temple, you offer a sacrifice, and you're supposed to do it on the high places, on top of the hills, and the whole thing. Right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Under oak, poplar, and terebinth, because their shade is good. Here's the thing. God said, go to Jerusalem and do your offerings. If you go to another mountain or another hill, is that Jerusalem? Ooh, when you do something different than the boss told you, what do we call that? Don't say Jesus, I know. <laughs> Some of you know. Um, what do we call it? Termination. Leslie? 
We call it disobedience. We call it termination. We call it, oh, you don't want to work here anymore, right? So it sounds like the tops of mountains and burnt offerings on the hills, it sounds like they're kind of doing what they're supposed to do. And yes, but they're doing it the wrong way. Does that sound like what we do with sex or what a prostitute would do with sex? Is it's the right thing, but you're using it in the wrong way. You found a twisted use for something that was meant for another thing. And then it says, and you do it under the oak and the poplar and the terebinth because their shade is good. There's some, there's some good trees out there for shade, right? What's the problem with this? The problem is, is when, you, uh, when you do a burnt offering, the smoke is meant to rise up to the Lord. And there's an analogy that the smoke of the offering is a pleasant aroma in his nostrils. Why would you let something get in the way of that? You put a tree and then you do your offering underneath. The smoke's trying to get up through the tree. You think you're there because you enjoy the shade. And he said, no, you're letting things get in the way of your relationship with God. Quit chasing shade. Get out your outline. Look at the top. Hosea chapter 4. What's the title? Chasing Shade. Chasing shade is in the place of chasing who? Now we're at church and I ask the question, go big on this one. Jesus. We're supposed to be chasing Jesus. We're supposed to be chasing God. We're supposed to be listening. And when he says, do your offerings here, do them this way. Don't get yourself a little covering. So you a little protection from the sun. There's another meaning in this. Who's supposed to be our covering? We're at church, ask the question. Jesus. God is supposed to be our covering. So there's a violation a couple different ways. You're putting stuff in the way of your relationship with him, and you're trying to seek shelter when he's supposed to be the one who protects you. I mean, the analogies are amazing. And then you're taking stuff that's meant to be used one way, and you're using it in a different way. I mean, who's the best writer of all time? God. Yeah? Therefore, your daughters play the whore. Why? Because you taught them. And your brides commit adultery because they don't value... Uh, their marriage or the relationship. I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery, for the men themselves go aside with prostitutes and sacrifice with cult prostitutes and a people without understanding. understand. Didn't even have to ask this. I love it. We're all trained. We got a little pattern here going. Without understanding shall come to ruin. Wow. It doesn't say how that happens. Um, but he says, of course, the women are uh, off trying to find connection somewhere because our men have dropped the ball. Is that an excuse for the ladies? Say no. Is it an indictment of the men? It is. More importantly, is it a call for us to chase God and understanding him, having a relationship, his word, the law, so that we don't come to ruin? Or so that we come to knowledge of God? I'll tell you what, you can make any Sunday, bummer Sunday. Find a passage, we can make it a bummer. 
Is the opposite true? Can you find any passage and turn it into Happy Sunday? Yeah. It depends on how you want to look at it. Because if I avoid ruin and I get understanding and I chase the Lord and have a real relationship with Him and I use the things He gives me for the things He wants me to use them for, I let nothing get in the way of my relationship with Him and I look to Him as my protection, that sounds like Happy Sunday to me. I'll guess at that, right? That's sarcasm too. Uh... Verse 15, though you play the whore, O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. Don't you infect my two southern kingdoms. Just because you ten northern kingdoms want to go off and do whatever you want to do, stay away from my kids. Right? You ever mess with mama bear's cubs? Right? This is what God's saying right here. Stay away from Judah. Enter not into Gilgal, one of their areas, nor go up to Beth Aven, and swear not as the Lord lives. Don't you make promises in my name. We don't know each other. You're not committed. You're not faithful. You have no love in you, and you have no knowledge of me. Quit acting like it, unless you're going to start acting like it, because you're shade chasers. Like a stubborn heifer, Israel is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in a broad pasture? I figured out this week. I know what I am. Now I've known that I am a husband. I've known that my name is Scott, that I am a parent, coach. I know that I am a pastor. This has got to be one of the easiest questions in church. What did I figure out this week that I was, folks? Hi. I'm a stubborn heifer. I could be led to the right place. But I want to stand where I am. I just want to heifer. They're, they're four-legged, right? Just going to stay here. I know there's good stuff over there. I'm going to stay here. And yet God says, no, I got places to lead you. I got, we got things to do. I got a broad pasture for you. What's the implication? Happy Sunday. I got happy Sunday for you. I got a wonderful experience that you could be headed to, but you got to start moving your hoofs. You got to start turning. You start listening. You start going. When's that start? Stubborn heifer. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Um, oh, sorry. 17 and 18. Almost forgot. Ephraim is joined to idols. That's those pieces of wood that they were getting directions from. Uh, leave him alone. Stay away from him. When their drink is gone, they give themselves to whoring. Their rulers dearly love shame. When they give up, when, when the, one of their indulgences run out, they just turn to another indulgence. Right? They just keep going doing, and instead of turning and chasing me. A wind has wrapped them in its wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. A wind has wrapped them in its wings. What, what's the implication there? They're, they're getting swept away. Right? What is... 
wind blow away, light stuff. You know, very, very, a big, like, condemnation um, in, in those days would to be called light. All right? Because value came in weighty things. If you were light and you could be blown by the wind, one, you have no idea where you're going, and two, you must be of no value because you're so light and can just be blown away so easily. Right? Um, you'll find that's true of tools. The heavier the tool, probably the better quality is. Just saying, that's a little freebie extra. I'm not going to give that second service, by the way, because <laughs> um, they don't work. Right? They sleep in, they come at 11, you know, and then it's lunchtime, and then they're going to watch the game, next thing you know. Anyways, is this being recorded? Oh, my goodness. Um, and they'll be ashamed because of their sacrifices. Uh, they're, they're light, and they're, they're blown away, and their sacrifices are cute, worthless. What do they give up? The stuff that costs them nothing. Let's be different. Okay, now, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Let's look at a couple things and let's, uh, let's jump into this. Um, if, you're, if you're chasing shade, and you, how do you do this differently? And, and stop chasing shade, start chasing God, because we're not interested in getting under an oak tree. We're uh, uh, interested in getting a direct line to him, right? Um, great news. We got that in the New Testament. His name was what? Yes. I mean, the veil's torn and we have direct access to the king. We no, no longer need a priest or a prophet or, or any of those uh, because Jesus is all those things to us. So let's chase him. And how do we do that? Um, crank up the volume. Pump up the volume. Volume of what? Well, not your own volume. That's what you've been doing. You got to stop listening to your own press right? Reading your own poems. Um, what, any guesses on what's in verses 1, twice, in verse 6, three times, verse 10, verse 14? Let's see. You're, all those underlined words, right? What are we cranking the volume up on? Understanding, knowledge, the law, the word, scripture, Bible, Welcome to Rock Bible Church. What's our middle name again? Bible. Yeah, we're a Christ-centered. It's where it starts, folks. We have knowledge. It is the path that gets us to the right place. When we disobey, when we go off and do our own thing, we have turned down the volume on what he is offering to us freely. I mean, how much, how much scripture could could you take in in a day if you started okay let's this is a goofy thing but if you start at midnight reading the bible could you read all day till midnight the next night script could you read i mean not physically are you capable of doing it but could someone per se start reading at midnight and keep reading all day for 24 hours and still have scripture left to read before they finish the book you could read for 24 hours do you have access to more of God's word than you could take in. It's the simplest thing. And yet what little we know, we say, I'll do that later. Um, nobody's watching. Um, nobody would care. Everybody thinks that's a dumb rule. I don't think I believe in that. 
And what happens? All of a sudden, our minds are going one way, our hearts are going another way, our money is being misused, our time is wasted, our bodies are hurt, relationships are suffering um, because we're not hearing. We're not hearing. What was the first word? What was the first word again of this passage? Oh, there it is. Here. There was an old uh, contemporary like hip-hop song back when I was growing up. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume, dance, dance. I, I just, that was going through my head all week. Like, yeah, when we, when we turn up the volume on God's influence on our life, it becomes a dance, right? You start having fun. You start living your best life. Uh, second set of fill-ins, right? We got to crank up the volume on God so that we know the direction, know the information, the whole thing. Um, and then we need to start believing in our, you, you know, we believe things about God. We need to believe things about the other side too, right? That chasing ease, comfort as a priority cheats you of the grace and saving priority of God. When you chase ease, like chase shade, that's not your highest priority. Hey, what do you do? We build cars. Oh yeah, that's awesome. What's like? What's really important in buying in, in building a car? We work in the shade. What? I would think like safety protocols. That'd be the most important. No, nope, we just don't want to sweat when we're working. You want to buy a car from that company? No. When you chase ease, you cheat process. You cheat whatever is the priority. And God's saying, look, if you want to be comfortable, guess what? You're going to miss out on the grace of God because you're going to play it safe. You're going to go easy. You'll take no risks. You'll never go on a mission trip to like maybe Ensenada, Mexico. And you do simple, you'll do safe, and you'll be boring. Or you can change your best life. You can experience the priority of God, right? Now, I had a little fun on this one this week. Look at just the underlines. Ease cheats the grace of God, right? That's just the things you filled in. Nice little simple sentence there, right? There's a bigger meaning. Um, we see that in a couple different verses, but um, I want you to see what it says because uh, he, one of those is about, you know, trying to get under the trees to do your uh, sacrifice. And I talked about, oh, your shade's more important than the direct line of access to God. And you're using it as covering rather than God as your providence. And then it says, later it says, you're kind of like the wind has picked you up and taken you away. Right? That made me think, oh, James talks about that. Let's hear from him. Most likely Jesus' brother. James chapter um, 1, verse 6. Do we have that one? Here we go. Talks about those who want something from God, they, they have to ask God for them, right? And if you're going to ask God of something, ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. When you doubt God, when you start doing your own thing, James says, 
you're going to be tossed around. Right? Have you, have you been tossed around without direction or control? Like chaotic, talked to, you ever, ever rolled a car? Or been on one of those carnival rides where you didn't know what you were getting into? Right? You, you could have that experience spiritually. You could have that experience experientially. You could have random meaning tossed around and then now you're getting bruised and scraped and probably broken. Right? No good. It says you, you got to be careful what you chase because you'll get it. We catch that? Careful what you chase, you'll get it. That's amazing because that means you win. In a game of chase, you, you, you got over there and you tagged it. But careful what you get to, because you're going to get to it, right? Because um, it's a weird, it's a weird idea. This philosophy here. Um, God says yes. Hey, I want to go chase these. I want to chase you, God. Yep. I want to pray to you and see what my prayer life does in my life, and will I get better? Yep. Hey, I want to start serving. Hey, I want to start avoiding this. Hey, I'm going to stop watching this show because it just. It affects me weird, and I don't like the person I am, and can't really say how it's in. It just feels wrong, and I'm, I want to take that time and put it towards you. Yep, that'll work. Hey, um, I want to blow you off, God. I want to go do my own thing. I'm going to buy cars and do this and chase that. And the hell, and he says, yep. Weird way to look at it. I want to ignore you. Okay. We're doing the ignoring game. I'm really good at that. And God starts ignoring us. So be careful on that one, right? Lastly, how do you do this? How do you, like all this stuff that we're, this chasing God rather than chasing shit, how do you do it? It's in verse one. Obey love and know him. Obey love and know God. That's how you do it. Well, gosh, Scott, that sounds very simplistic, like overly simplified. Yeah. Because when you ask him, uh, hey, God, can you make this easy for me? Yes. Don't do this. Do that. Okay. How's that work? Right? Um, love is the one we hear at church. I put that one in there because I knew you, you already probably knew it, and we write it all the time. But love is putting others first. Are you second? Folks, that's getting rarer and rarer. That's rare error, the whole putting someone else first. It is the best practice for following God. Because when you follow God, you're putting him first. You're putting someone else ahead of you. Right? And you got to do those things. They're simple to do. Don't get drunk today. Hey, there's one. Right? Don't go off and have sex with somebody you're not married to. They can do that. That's pretty easy. Right? Don't throw your money away. I think that might be the easiest one. Like then when you walk by a trash can, don't take your money and just drop it in the trash. Right? Um, we need to start viewing it that way, that it's that easy. Well, I don't know, praying every day, that that seems like 
so consistent and I would have to be disciplined. What are you talking about? You do all kinds of stuff every day. You sleep every day. You eat every day. You breathe every day. You sit every day. Most of you drink coffee six times a day. I mean, there's so many things we do every day. Did you put on clothes today? Looking around so far, we're 100% in here. We've, we've got to believe that not only is it possible, but it's plausible. Yes, I know that was a big word. It's plausible. Um, and then verse 10, I want to, this was post um, notes printing and stuff. Uh, this idea that obey, love, and know God. Um, and this, this verse hit me after we went to print. Uh, for they have forsaken the Lord. For they have forsaken the Lord. When you forsake his stuff, you forsake him. You are forsaking life. You are forsaking yourself. You're self-forsaking. How's that for an awkward phrase? It's glorious. We're going to use it for months, right? Don't be self-forsaking, right? And then um, here's, here's another just reminder. I, I'm, I love the worship team and Bryce and everything that they do. And I'm, I was sitting in the back this morning and we're singing. And you guys all sang it. You sang the passage. You didn't know it. I long to hear your voice. Isn't that the passage? It really is. You hear his voice? And one of my favorite philosophies is, you know, what voices do you listen to? There's way too many out there. Your your spouse has a loud voice. Right? For some of you, politics has a loud voice. Um, for some of you, your kid's voice is too loud. Some of you, my voice is too loud. But God has a voice. How often are you hearing it? How are you chasing it? And then be honest with yourself. What, you know, where do you chase shade? Where do you compromise? Father God, thank you um, this morning for what we've learned and what you taught us through Hosea. Thank you for the analogies and such, Lord, but thank you mostly for the truth. And I, I pray, Lord, we would hear your voice. And I would, I would ask, Lord, that you would give us reminders of how, we, how that's worked in the past. For some of us... Um, that we turn back to the avenues we've used, the, the things that have helped us hear you and, and bring those to the forefront, right? And maybe that's your prayer this morning. God, bring, bring out those things that have helped me hear your voice. And then, and then, Lord, we pray for new ways. What are some new ways we can hear your voice? Um, give us a happy... Sunday kind of experience because of how we pursue you. 
we know what obedience is and we probably need to think very little about it. We already know what we need to be obedient in, Lord. I pray then that you would continue to work on how we love and put others first, put you first, and that through that process, you would give us a relational knowledge of yourself. Any of those things strike you this morning, pray them. You tell God about those right now. long to hear your voice, Lord. You long to hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, for the offering that we're about to receive. Pray for those who are guests that they just let it pass and let us be, do a thing we do as a family. I pray you would bless it. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, Annie Mancini checks into the hospital today down to San Diego. Tomorrow she has a pre-op and Tuesday's for surgery. God bless Annie. Amen. Please be praying for her every day, multiple times between now and then. Lord bless her. And may you never chase shade. Amen. Go with him. <laughs>